At this time, we're going to get ready to receive our tithes and offerings. So ushers, if you could please prepare for that. You know, yesterday I was at a wedding, and uh, it was so awesome because as the, as the a groom and bride cut the cake, uh, they actually passed out these little, uh, almost like samples of the cake, like those cupcakes. And so they're passing it out, and there wasn't a lot. And so uh, one of the, one of the uh, bridesmaids, they came to our table. They brought one to my wife, Katie. And Katie hands it to me, and she looks away. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to try them. It was a little coy, and I was like, I, I like to try them. looks good. And so I put it in my mouth, trying to just take a bite. But unfortunately, it all went into my mouth. And so I ate it, and, I'm, and she turns back to me, and she's like, where's, where, where's the cake? And I'm like, mm, mm, mm. It accidentally fell in my mouth. And she was like, what? You need it? let me even taste. And so thankfully, they actually went on. They actually uh, started serving pieces of the actual cake. And so when they came to our table, they gave, I, I was like, oh, you can give it to Katie. I'll give it to Katie. And, and she ate it. And she enjoyed it. But as she was enjoying it, I was like, I only had one small piece. I like more. How come you're not, how come you're not sharing? And all of a sudden, it was like the Lord said, See, good for you. And right there, it was like, Lord, you, you so just gave me a visualization of what it is when it comes to our tithes. Like, here I am grumbling because I got one small piece. But you don't. You don't ask for much, Lord. You ask for 10%. And you enjoy it. And not only that, but you, you take it and you bless me even more. You bless us even more. You know what's so amazing is our God is a God is not limited by any measurement. But we sometimes, we get into that uh, place. Can I encourage you this morning, as we give unto the Lord, let's know that he is a limitless God, that as we give unto him, he's going to take it. And because his love for us is limitless, so are his blessings for you and I. Now, you might be visiting us for the very first time, and if that's you, we ask that you don't feel obligated to give this morning. In fact, just receive this service to help you in your walk with the Lord. Or maybe you're visiting us from another church, and we want to just continue to encourage you to give wherever you regularly attend church services. But if New Hope Church is where you call home, would you know that as we give unto him, the Lord is going to continue to bless us limitlessly. Would you bow your heads with me as we pray for our tithes and offerings this morning? Lord, we come before you right now, Lord, and Lord, we thank you so much that you, Lord, you are God alone and you are a limitless God. And Lord, <laughs> you don't complain. In fact, you take what we give you and you say, watch what I can do with it because of who I am and how much I love you. Because Lord, you love each and every single one of us with a limitless love because that's who you are. And so, Lord, this morning, as we give you our tithes and offerings, Lord, we do so knowing that you're going to take it and you're going to multiply beyond our own understanding, our own imagination, to reach people far from you and bless your people. And, Lord, I pray for those who are giving right now, Lord, that you would let them know that what they're doing right now has eternal rewards because, Lord, you do everything with a purpose to love your people. And so, Lord, I th we thank you so much for being who you are. And we look forward to what you're going to do in the lives of your people. We love you, Lord. We thank you. We praise you. And we pray for all these things in the name of Jesus. And we all said, amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Ben. You old folk.
Yeah. Wow. But apparently it's 55 and over. That's kind of, so I, I, we're, some of us are there. <laughs> I'm like, I can't get over that. That's, I'm gonna, that's my niece. So she won't get lickings. Uh, we are in this series called What Does It Mean or What Do You Mean? And we've been looking at different words and key phrases of what do we mean when we say certain words like forgiveness, uh, repentance. Today we're going to be talking about the word daily devotions. What do we mean when we say that? Because for some, when you first come to church, you hear all of these Christianese words. Like there are words that, that church people say, but you don't hear that in everyday conversation. For some of us, you, you've been hearing about the building fund. What is the building fund? Well, when we built this place, we needed to upkeep the place. So there needs to be uh, seasons of fixing the place. The facilities need upkeeping. So we're that generation. There was the builder generation that, that came in and gave. And some of you were there when you uh, gave towards the building of this property and the building up of all the different areas. And then came in the generation that, that extended and you gave towards the, the playground and the covered walkways and other things that we did. And now this generation is the upkeep generation. And now we upkeep the building because now the building is now an old folk. So it, it tends to do certain things and we need to continue to make sure we take good care of what God has given to us and to steward well what he has given to us. So some of you already made that commitment and you said, Lord, I'm going to give monthly. I'm going to give uh, toward the building fund. And, and so thank you for doing that because it helps us tremendously together as we partner with one another in our attempts to reach our family and friends and people in our community. And there are new people coming every single week. And it's not so that we build a big church. It's so that we can help people find God so that he can build big people so that when we go out into the community, we can reach other people for Jesus Christ. We need light in our community. The world is not going to offer the kind of light that God does. The world tries to do different things to make the world a better place, but really it's going to take the Lord and a change of a human heart to make the world a better, a better place. And only God can change hearts, and he is a master of heart change because he helps us to become more and more the person he sees us to be. So that's our hope, that's our prayer. So thank you for continuously supporting what God wants to do in and through this congregation, this beautiful church that God calls the body of Christ. And I'm so glad that we get to be a part of what he's doing in our community. Daily devotions is a word that you're gonna hear often here at this church and maybe some other churches. And you will hear that word because we want to spend time with the Lord daily. And that word daily devotions, when you hear it, Sometimes it can go over our heads because it doesn't pertain to us. Oh, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not deep in the Word of God. Or you may say things like, I don't understand the Bible, so when I get there, then I'll start reading it. Or sometimes we say, I don't even know how to use the Bible, so when I open it up, I don't even know where to begin. Do I begin at the book of Job or do I go to uh, resolutions? Where do I go? Just checking if you read the Bible. Some of you are like, oh, that's what I need. I need job. I'm going to read the book of Job. <laughs> but when you, when you think of the, the Word of God and you're reading the Word of God, sometimes it can, it can be confusing because you're wondering, what is happening? Why are they talking about the Israelites? What does that have to do with anything? Speaking of Israel, we're, we're actually planning a trip next year 
uh, to Israel. So if some of you are interested in that, we're going to put together a meeting so that we can hear more of the details, what that looks like, how you can lock in your time. Uh, I would also suggest, I think it's in your bulletin, that we have our Israel focus group. And I would suggest if you're thinking about going to Israel next year, attend our Israel focus group because they, you know, they will help you, Susie Chan will help you to understand better what Israel is all about and why we talk about Israel so much in our world today. So take a look at your bulletin and, and keep an eye out for that date for our meeting to help us plan out what next year will look like as we uh, take a group of us to Israel. It's going to be a great time together. But when you read the Bible and you read about the Israelites and you read about all the surrounding nations and, and what was happening, everything will point to the Messiah. And it's, it's, it's eye-opening when you read the Bible in the context of what our world is going through. We think the, the Bible is outdated, but the Bible is more relevant than this morning's post on Facebook. This is accurate and it's truth-telling. And it's in raw form. Like There's nothing edited out of the Bible that God didn't want us to see because it's too graphic for us. Everything in the Bible is what you and I will go through. But it also comes with the solutions. So sometimes we'll go to different people and we'll ask them for advice, but the Bible is the best place to get advice. So we're going to take a look at that. If you take out your notes, uh, you can take out your, the church app. You can use that too. Hosea chapter 4 verse 6 tells us this, that my people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. That's kind of like even in a marriage. Your marriage is destroyed when you don't know nothing. If you don't know what's going on in your marriage, in your life, in your family, it starts to implode. It starts to decay. But if you know what's happening, if you're communicating and you're telling each other your feelings and what you're going through and how you can help and serve one another, it changes everything. And so it is with our relationship with God. When we lack the knowledge and the wisdom of God, there's a breakdown, a spiritual breakdown that takes place in our relationship with God. So we want, we want to follow God's ways. We want to learn from Him. And that's where daily devotions come in. God has a purpose for every single person. He'll even use circumstances. He'll use the atmosphere we're in to make us more like Him. And because He's making us more like Him, making us more like His Son, then we're going to go through everything his son went through. We're going to have times of loneliness, suffering, pain. We're going to be ridiculed. We're going to be uh, 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 people that are shunned. We're going to be betrayed. Everything that Jesus went through, we're going to experience. But Jesus went through all that he went through and persevered through it, went to the cross, despising its shame. Why? Because the joy that was set before him that he knew after the cross, after the resurrection, that he would give you and I an opportunity to connect with him. That's part of the reason why we do our daily devotion, so that we can connect with the Lord. See, you and I will experience all of these things that Jesus experienced also. But I can tell you this, it is through those toughest times, the darkest times of our lives, that we're going to grow closer to God. Just think about the times where we grew close to God. It was you, it, they were usually the times when we were at our darkest, in, in the most difficult season. Maybe our marriage wasn't doing well, our family, or we we're going through a physical ailment. Something brought us near to God, and, and it was probably something that was that difficult. So never despise anything that brings you to your knees. It just draws you closer to God. That's 
That's what God wants. He wants us to be with him. In the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29, verses 13 and 14, it says this, that you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. And sometimes we ask ourselves, how do you find God? How do you hear God? How do you, how do you even know he exists? Well, the Bible says you're going to have to seek him. But when you do, you're going to find him. But you've got to seek him with all of your heart. I've been in seasons in my life where God seemed distant. You feel, it feels like a desert time. You feel like there's, there's nothing that, that is in, in this relationship. There's no, there's no heart involved. And you're trying and you're wondering, like, where is God? Why doesn't he seem close? Why, don't, why am I not close to him? Why do I feel distant? And if you ever feel distant from God, do what Jesus did in Luke chapter 5, verse 16. It says that Jesus himself would often slip away to the wilderness. And what did he do? He prayed. In other words, Jesus took the initiative to draw close to the Father. He made it a point to often slip away to the wilderness and pray. I think we need to slip away often into the wilderness. In other words, a place that nothing can distract you so that we can pray, so that we can spend time with God. Rather than us saying, boy, I don't have time for God. I don't have time. We have time. We're just not stewarding it well. I have time for Netflix. And I, oh boy, I, I can be on that thing for hours. I have time for Facebook. And believe it or not, you watch, you take a look at one post on Facebook, two hours go by. Like we're so disciplined with social media and entertainment. But when it comes to the word of God, for some reason, it is that difficult. Why? Because we have yet to slip away into the desert, into the wilderness to pray. Like we have to make that decision. That's what daily devotions are all about. See, when, when we want to draw close to God, it's going to take an initiative on our part. And we can all draw closer to the Lord by understanding what daily devotions mean. So I want to share with you three simple things about what daily devotions mean. And here's the first thing. Daily devotions mean this. It means setting aside time to connect with Jesus. You're setting aside time. We, we live in a busy world. Our brains are so busy. We, we're constantly thinking of things. We have apps on our phones. We have notebooks to write things down. We have to-do lists to write things down. We're so busy in our mind. Many things to do that will distract us from what is most important sometimes. And it'll take away even, even time with our family, time with our friends, time to rest, all the busyness that is taking place. And God says, here, I want to give you a tool called discipline. Because that's what, it's, that's what is going to be needed for us to spend time with the Lord. We're going to have to set aside time to connect with Jesus. Otherwise, we get distracted so quickly. In the book of Luke chapter 10, we know this story for some of us, the story of Mary and Martha. And for some reason, when we speak of those two names, Mary and Martha, we automatically think Martha is, she's the one that's all busy. She doesn't have time for the Lord. And then there's Mary, so holy, spending time with Jesus, sitting at his feet. I would like to be more like Mary. And so we're thinking, yeah, that's, I'm striving for Mary. Yet at the same time, realistically, we're all like Martha. We're so busy doing many things. And here's the passage. I'm going to read it to us. 
Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Now as they were traveling along, he, speaking of Jesus, entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. See, Martha's not that bad. She was the one that welcomed Jesus. Hey, come on, my. Come inside, Jesus. Come sit down, relax. We're going to make some meal. We're going to make a meal for you. We're going to sit down. We're going to have a great time. She had a sister called Mary who was seated at the Lord's feet listening to his word. But Martha was distracted with all her preparations. And she came up and said, and came up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? In other words, Martha is saying, like, Jesus, look at how holy I am. Look at me. I'm getting things prepared for you. You don't see, like, tell her to help me. She left me to do all of these things. I'm the one that's serving, Lord. I'm the one that's doing everything. I mean, if everyone was like me, then it would be so much better. So Jesus, tell her to help me. But Jesus, Jesus answered her and said, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about how many things? So many things. You're bothered about so many things, but only how many things? Only one thing is necessary. For Mary has chosen. If you're taking notes, circle that word, write it somewhere. Chosen the good part which shall not be taken away from her. Do you know that doing daily devotions is a choice that you and I must make? It doesn't happen automatically. You don't get up in the morning and the Bible opens up automatically, and all the angels are singing, and then the journal opens up and you start writing. No, it's, it takes discipline. You have to choose that. That word devotion means love, loyalty, or enthusiasm for a person or an activity, or a cause. It comes from the word devote. You give your all or a large part of your time or resources to a person, activity, or cause. So instead of us saying, I'm going to read the Bible, switch it to devoting your time, that I'm giving my all to Jesus. I'm going to spend time with the Lord. I'm not going to read my Bible. I'm going to spend time with the Lord. It's just, a, it's just a mind shift that takes place so that we understand what we're devoting our time to. We're spending time with Jesus. So you put those two words together, daily devotions. It's every day, give a part of my time to sit with the Lord. That you sit with Him. When we were growing up, we played with our friends every day. We played with our, our relatives. We spent time with each other all day long, especially during the summer. For some reason, like, I don't remember adults being around. We went outside, went wherever we wanted to go. We didn't have cell phones, and, and our parents were okay with that. <laughs> the only thing they said was, come on before the streetlights come on. How dangerous is that Today. Go tell your children, yeah, go play. Wherever you like, go. Yeah, go ride bike. But just come home before the sun sets. Come home before the street lights come on. Now we give them cell phones so that we can call them. We have tracking on there so that we know where they are. It's just a different world that we live in. But while we're growing up, because we spent so much time with our family and our friends, we probably can remember our, our friends' names first and last. And sometimes, sometimes, you can even remember certain people's phone numbers. 
I can remember Heidi's phone number in Kailua when we first met. My mom can attest to this. Mom, hopefully you can remember this. It was 262-6858. Was that correct? Yay, I win. So that's like, and that was like 30 years ago. We remember these things because we spend time with people. Today, we live in a busy world, so we have to set aside time. It doesn't just happen automatically. You have to make it happen. So set some time to be with the Lord. And that's how it's going to be as we learn from God. Jesus did that. He set time aside to spend time with the Father because he knew that he needed that connection, that he would be one with the Father as as he would want to be one with us. That was his prayer. And it was done with purpose and done on purpose. It's not automatic. So set time aside to connect with Jesus. The second thing, what devotions mean is reading the Bible daily to feed my spirit. That's what the Bible does. When you spend time with Jesus and you're in the Word of God and He's speaking to you, He's building your spirit. He's doing something in our spirit because there are going to be two parts of us. We have our flesh and we have our spirit. The Bible talks about the flesh, that out of the flesh come evil thoughts and desires. It's our flesh. But the Spirit of God produces a different kind of result. It's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That's when you're walking in the Spirit of God. But if, you're, if, if we're not in the Word of God, how will we build our spirit? How will we know what, what, what love looks like or, or patience or kindness? How will we know the fruit of the Spirit if we're not in the Word of God that fertilizes the soil as well as the seed that is planted in us? We're going to need His Word. We eat edible food or we, we, eat, we eat food so that we can feed our physical body, so that we have energy, so that we can do things. Otherwise, we're malnourished and we don't have the energy to do the things that we need to do. At the same time, we feed our spirit so that we can do what the spirit man wants to do, our spiritual health with God. So either way, if you're, if you're not feeding your physical body, you're going to be unhealthy. If you're not feeding your spiritual body, you're going to be unhealthy spiritually. So when we set aside time to be with the Lord and we read the Bible daily, it feeds our spirit. The Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 15, verse 16, it says that your word were found and I ate them. And your word was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. For I am called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. In our devotions right now, we're reading the book of Jeremiah. And Jeremiah, who is the prophet, he's speaking to the nation of Israel. And he's speaking to surrounding nations. And he's letting them know, listen, you're listening to all of these prophets. All of these people who are saying, oh, peace, everything's okay, everything's fine. But they're not speaking my word, Jeremiah says. You're not, they're not speaking from the Lord. They want you to feel good. So they're saying, no, everything's fine. But Jeremiah comes in and he says, everything's not fine. Listen to the word of God. And Jeremiah even push, put, puts out the challenge. He says, this is how you know that that person is a prophet, by what they're saying and if it comes to pass. So Jeremiah says, put me to the test too. And so what Jeremiah is saying is put the Lord to the test when it comes to what he says in his word. That his word says, and we talked about it earlier when Pastor Ben was, was praying, 
He says, this is the one area that you test God in, and it's in the area of giving. But we won't understand that unless we're in the Word of God. And when God spoke to the, the nation of Israel, if not for the voice of the Lord, then we wouldn't see Israel in how it is today. God continuously spoke to his people over and over and over. And he still does the very same thing with you and I today. He still speaks to us. See, there's also a side of us that is our, our flesh, our carnal man, the, the, our carnality. It's our human nature. It's not necessarily our flesh, the physical side of it, but there's just our, a carnality about us that we're human beings, that we're frail creatures. We're mortal. And because of that, we don't, we don't automatically gravitate towards spiritual things. We actually gravitate towards sinful things. If left unchecked, you and I will automatically drift away from God. There's a gravity that the world is pulling at us with that we're going to have to fight against in our spirit to draw close to God. That's the only way we're going to draw close to Him is getting into His Word and building up our spirit because whatever you feed the most becomes strongest. If I feed my flesh more than my spirit, guess what will win when it comes down to that war and that battle? And so it is in our marriages, in our families, in our work environment, our finances. Everything about us will come down to the war between flesh and spirit. But whatever I feed is going to win. Psalm 119 verse 24 tells us, and, and as the psalmist is writing this, it's a declaration that your laws please me. They give me what kind of advice? Wise advice. See, if we're not reading the Bible, then we're getting advice from somewhere else, and it may not be the wisest advice. I've gotten advice from friends. I've gotten advice from family members. I've gotten advice from people, from TV, from the media, from, from social media. I'll get advice from all kinds of different areas, but nothing like the wisdom of God. Nothing like it. There's a book that Pastor Wayne Cordero wrote. It's called The Divine Mentor. And in it, he talks about the, the, the wisest book in the world, which is the Bible. And if you want to pick one up, we have it at our bookstore. And, and if we run out, then you can order it and they'll get it in by next week. But if you think about the, the, the time it takes to spend time in the Word and the wisdom that comes out of it, we will, we will save time being in the Word of God. We're, we're going to save headaches. We're going to save years of decay and destruction in our own lives because we're in the Word of God. Sometimes we say, but, you know, I don't have time for the Word of God. No, you, you don't have time not to be in the Word of God. We don't have time for years of trying to recoup from some devastation or something that in, in our relationship that could have been avoided. We can, we can, as we get into the Word of God, receive the wisdom that comes from God. Otherwise, we're going to receive advice from all kinds of places. I, I remember even friends, they would give me advice, and this is before I knew Jesus. They would either say things like, oh, just, just tell him as it is, or they would say things like, what? He did that. Lick him. Or take revenge. Or, or ah, he act, uh, leave him. Leave him. Or, or they would say, you know, leave her. You know, they, they would say those things. 
Or they would say things like, oh, they want to treat you like that. You know what you do? Do the same thing to them. And you know what? You show them who's boss. You know, they, they'll say things like that. Now, it almost sounds good and justifiable that, yes, because, because they did this, I can do this. Isn't it true that when you watch a movie and, and there's a, a person who is, who is doing something mean to someone who is mean, we feel good? Like when they're, when they're taking revenge on someone else, like we feel good about that. It feels justifiable. Diary of a mad black woman. We're like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> take him out. We, will, we wouldn't normally say that under different circumstances, but because, because that person treated that person bad, it's like it's justifiable. And so what happens is we, we take all of these things in and we think that's how I'm supposed to live life. So when it comes to my marriage and my relationships and, and wherever I may be, if all of that advice is in us, that's what's going to come out. And it may not be the best advice. God's word has the best wisdom, the best advice in the world. And this is where we get our training. So set aside time, connect with Jesus, read the Bible daily to feed our spirit, and then journal. That's what devotions mean. We, it means to journal and pray. Or you can put journaling and praying. It's an action it's, it's, it's us putting down on words that we're going to journal and then we're going to pray. We do this in our relationship with Jesus. We, we journal, we write things down, and then we pray. We pray to the Lord. I want to give you a basic example of what I'm talking about, and some of you already know this. And I want to give you just a, and I'll use this next scripture, Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2. It says, then the Lord replied, write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. So the Bible is telling us to write it down. Write down the revelation. Why do we do that? So that you can run with it. And it says write it and make it plain on tablets. So we have tablets in our bookstore and we call these life journals. And we have this one. It's a very nice one. There's this little thing on it so that it keeps it closed. But someone showed me this. In the back... There's a pocket thing where you can put things in. I don't know why I would use this, but then they said, no, you can put, you can put your coupons. You can put, you can put your, if you're going to use your credit card, you put your credit card in there. You can put other things in there, your bookmarker. You can put ideas in there. And I'm thinking, I guarantee one woman made this. That's brilliant. <laughs> and this thing right here too. I thought it was a carrier, but it's not. It's just to hold it together so that you can put it away. But we, we have our life journals. We have the refillers that you can uh, purchase at our resource center. And then we have a spiral one. And the thing I love about these is, is it gives us a systematic way of spending time in the Lord, of spending time with the Lord, reading his word, spending time with him and writing things down. And we want to write it down so that we don't forget. We want to write it down because something of the cognitive mind, it, it speaks to us as we're writing or some of you, you use an, an electronic one. But when you're writing things down, you can remember it and retain it better. So we use this acrostic. S for scripture. And if you know it, you can say it. O stands for observation. A stands for application. And then P stands for prayer. 
So let's just say Habakkuk 2, verse 2, is our scripture. First of all, when you, when you look at the bookmarker and you see these different, you know, you'll see like G-E-N, that means Genesis. Or if you see J-O-B, that means Job. If you see I-S, that means Isaiah. And then you're going to see, or like this, H-A-B, Habakkuk. And then you're going to see the two. The two is, a, is the chapter. And then the other one, after the colon, it's a, the number two is the verse. So if you don't know where the books of the Bible are, then you go to the, the introduction or the table of contents in your Bible, and then you look up where that book is, and then you turn there to that book, because the book, the Bible is com- uh, comprised of 66 books together, canonized together. You have New Testament and Old Testament. Old Testament is before Jesus came. New Testament is when Jesus was born and then thereafter, after he died and rose from the grave. So it's, it's split up in those two. So you're going to see Habakkuk chapter 2, and you're going to turn to the book of Habakkuk. You're going to look for chapter 2, and every Bible would say chapter 2. And you, if you look in the corner of your Bible, or if you're using a Bible app, you can you know, hit those buttons or those tabs, and then you're going to have the verse 2. If on the reading plan you see, like this one says IS 1-3, then that means you're going to read the book of Isaiah, chapters 1 through 3. And then if you're going to go to the book of Psalms, PS, then it's going to be Psalms, and then it says 115-115, which is Psalms chapter 115. And if you think of the book of Psalms, it has the most chapters So that's why it's going up to that many. No, you're not reading 119 chapters. You're reading just chapter 119. So that's kind of just a basic idea of how we do devotions. And then you're going to take the scripture, Habakkuk 2, verse 2. You're going to write down that scripture in your journal. And then you're going to observe something. You're going to say, oh, you know what I observe? I observe that I need to write things down because that's what God said to the prophet Habakkuk so that I can run with it. My application I am doing devotions today so that I can take what you're teaching me, Lord, this fresh revelation, it's revealed to me through your word what I need to do, and now I can run with it. My prayer, Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word. Help me to run with your word today. Help me to be a better husband because Heidi deserves better. It's just an example, things like that. But I would write those things down. And when you write those things down, something happens in your spirit. It just builds your spirit up. And people wonder, how how do I hear God? And how do I know if it's him? He already spoke. And what, what God already spoke, he's still speaking. That's why I say the Bible is so relevant. For those of us who read the Bible, as we're reading, you could you could read the same scripture every year, and it speaks something different. Because the word of God is living and active. The Bible bookmark that we use, this reading plan, takes us through the Bible in one year. It's about a 20-minute read every day, maybe 15 for some of you, maybe 10 for Pastor Marsha because she can read fast. For me, it's like 20 minutes because I forget what I just read. I have to go back and then read again. Sometimes I'll use the audio Bible uh, on our, we have an app that we use called YouVersion or if you use our, our, our church app, then you can put it on audio and you can listen to it as you read. Some of us are audible learners. 
So we need to hear, not just read, and you'll be able to obtain it better. You can retain it better. For some of you, and I've heard this before, I'm so busy, I really can't sit down and spend time with the Lord. Then be faithful in the little. We also have an express reading plan in the journals. Take a look at that. It gives you maybe three scriptures, and it maybe takes you a minute or two to read the scripture, and then maybe four minutes or five minutes to write something down or journal. That's less than 10 minutes. You devote that time, it changes everything about your day. You win your spirit, you win the day. It just takes time, and you invest in it. This takes investment in it, in, in journaling too. It costs. But this will benefit you more than a cup of coffee, and it's the same price because coffee is expensive nowadays, <laughs> but you, you're going you're gonna to make that sacrifice, and it is a good sacrifice. The number one thing that has helped Heidi and I, that has helped me as a pastor, as a person, as a believer, as a man of God, as a husband, as a father, to this very day, is daily devotions. Nothing like daily devotions. That's why Jesus said to Mary, to Martha, Mary has chosen the good part, because out of everything, there's only one thing that is necessary but you got to choose that. And the one thing that Mary did was sit at the feet of Jesus. She was listening to his words. And so if you're that person that you need to hear audibly, put that on in the morning. If you have to put on earphones while you're getting things together, put that on, listen to the word of God. If you, if you have to commute to work, put that on and just listen. Get the word of God in you. A scripture is going to pop out. It's going it's to speak to you. I mean, that scripture speaks to you, then you recite it over and over and then when you park, go and highlight it if you're listening to it on version. It's a Bible app. And then as you highlight it, you listen to that over and over daily. You just keep meditating on it. And you watch what God does. It changes everything. Take it and then write something down. And even if you just had this, one of these journals in your car and you park, just take a minute and just jot down, Lord, I learned this today. I need to be in your word. Heavenly Father, uh, speak to me. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Speak to me today about running with this vision. Amen. 30 seconds. But I, I tell you, those 30 seconds will build to a minute. Then the minute will build to two, then 10, then 20. Because other things will be on the side. You won't get distracted. You're going to choose that part. You be faithful in the, in the little, and then you'll be faithful in much. And then see what God does through that. That word revelation means vision or divine communication. To seek or perceive or you look or, or to behold or to prophesy or to provide. And where do you get revelation? Where do you get vision from God? You meet with him. You meet with the Lord. Listen to his voice. Write it down. Write it on a journal. Write it on tablets so that you may run with it. There's this game that uh, I used to play with my children, and I'll close with this. We had these post-its, and I would write things on the post-it, and I would say things like, uh, uh, the next clue is under the bed, and I would put this when they came home from school, uh, put this in a place that they could see. And then I would walk over to where the bed was, and I will put another post-it. I'm not sure if this is going to stick. If it falls, that's okay. And then I will put a post-it there, and then I will put another one over here, and I would say, okay, now here's the next clue. And then I would put it all around, put it over here. And then, oh, 
Okay. So I would put it all over the place and I would hide it in certain places, in their closet, in their drawer. And I would say, here's the next clue and here's the next clue. And I'll put it all around. And then the, the final clue, the final clue would say something like, check the oven. And then they would come into the kitchen and all the time that they were looking at all of these post-its and reading each post-it, every single, every single clue that led to another one, every single step that they took, while they were doing that, Heidi and I were making cookies. And they were so busy at doing all of these things and, and, and going from one thing to the next that what we were preparing them for were cookies and milk. And when they came to the oven, just imagine children coming to the oven and they see the cookies baking. They got excited, like, we're going to have cookies! And milk. But that was their... That, they became joyful even though in the process of it, it almost felt mundane. Like, oh, there's another clue, another clue, another clue. But I can tell you this, from that day on, anytime they came home or woke up in the morning or they saw a post-it that, ga that gave them instruction, they got excited. They could care less how many post-its they were. they were. They were running from post-it to post-it, getting the clues, getting the clues, because they knew that there was something afterwards. Cookies. When we spend time in the Word of God, He gives us little things here and there. And He says, hey, I want, I want you to pray for your, your family. And He says, hey, I want you to, I want you to be kind to that person. Because I, I'm, I'm trying to love them closer to me. They don't know me yet. And then I, I, want you to, I want you to be kind to your spouse. With all that they've been through, be kind. And then I, I want you to love those who are unlovely because no one's loving them. So I, I need you to be me to them. And then can you just, just be consistent with with your walk with me. Don't compromise. Just be consistent. It's like God would set all of these things in place in our hearts because there's, there's our, there are cookies coming. There's a promise coming. And while we're doing these things for Jesus, he's setting us up for the grand finale. And he says it like this. He says, store up your treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy but we won't be able to unless we're hearing from him, unless we're in the word of God, unless we're daily at his feet, unless we're setting aside time to meet with Jesus. He has a promise for us. And it could very well be the thing that you've been hoping for. But it comes in instructional form so that as we're walking with Jesus, it was never about the promises. It was all about sitting with him at his feet, eating cookies together with Jesus. Would you bow your heads with me as we pray? Lord Jesus, you have given us your word. And you said what you tell us in the darkness, that we would speak in the light. And whatever we hear whispered in our ear, proclaim upon the housetops.
but Lord, if we're never listening to your voice and we don't, we don't hear what you're saying in the darkness, how will we speak anything in the light? And if we're not listening to the whispers, how will we proclaim anything on the housetops? So Lord, help us today to set aside some time to connect with you. Help us to read your word daily so that our spirits can be fed. Help us to journal and pray to you, to talk with you, write things down so that we develop a relationship with you in the hopes that as we draw close to you, we will see your goodness, your grace, and that we will become more and more like you. I pray these things in Jesus' name, and we all said together, amen. Can we thank our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? He's so good to us.